0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive.
1: It is Wednesday, June 28th. Your Drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, taking your text this hour, 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. Aiden Douglas is going to come on the show here in the next few minutes. We haven't talked to her in a while. She, of course, is the marketing director for the Charleston Dirty Birds, and so we get together with her every Wednesday to talk about the latest, what's happening with the Charleston Dirty Birds. Sometimes we talk about things that just interest both of us, so we're going to throw that in the mix as well, but we do want to talk to you. So, again, I'll give that number one more time just because, after all, I do like hearing for you from you. I want to hear what you have to say, and you can do so with a text line at 304-396 talk three zero four three nine six eight two five five. So, you know the men's college world series? Did you watch any of that? It was on in the background. I was I was at a hotel restaurant bar watching that game and just In all of it, it got a lot of viewership. Now, the three games averaged a record 2.86 million viewers. Topping the previous record, which was LSU Texas in 2009, it averaged 2,000, I'm sorry, 200, let me get this number right. It averaged 2.76 million viewers. Games 1 and 3 were also the most watched in their respective placement in the series. Game 2 was the second most watched Game 2 on ESPN platforms. So, the 16-game tournament averaged 1.65 million viewers on ESPN's networks, a 48% increase from last season, and a record for ESPN platforms. How about that? That is impressive to see those numbers. You know what that means? There's more interest in college baseball. Marshall's getting a baseball park and trying to build a program back at the right time. If any time was ever a good time to do so, this is the time. So that was impressive. I saw those and LSU's win over Florida. It was great viewership. I don't know how many of you actually um, stuck around. It was an 18-4 LSU win, by the way. If you didn't watch the game, it was 18-4. But people were watching it and... I was watching people watching, you're just curious like, okay, why are we still watching this? 18-4. People are just interested in the fact that LSU was getting so many hits, runs. It was just they crushed them. 18-4. Who watches 18-4? I'm not watching 18-4 normally. If that was a Pirates game, I'm tuned out. When we get to dip, when we get to double digits and it's the other team in single digits and I'm not talking nine, it's not like 10-9 I'm tuning out, but 18-4 I'm tuning out. Apparently not. Spiked to 3.586 million viewers. That is a record for any any Men's College World Series game on ESPN platforms. Again, going back to 2009, the previous high, Game 3, averaged 3.16 million. That is good business being done. So I hope to see the growth in college baseball. That could be a growth area for Marshall. I mean, that's something you're trying to keep an eye on. What's a growth area for Marshall? Obviously, football and basketball are always going to be football and basketball, depending on what the landscape looks like, how the NCAA continues to evolve, how the group of five schools continue to evolve, how the Power Five schools continue to evolve. And honestly, talking to a couple of people at Wake Forest, and again, this is all anecdotal, but a couple of them were like, you know what would be really cool? If we took all of the power schools and take some other schools as well, and they were they knew I was a Marshall guy, and they're like, Yeah, you know what Marshall would be cool too. And just get out of the NCAA and do your own thing. And then the all the other schools could just go to a college model. Have this is how it was phrased to me, which was really cool. Have all the schools all the powers. If they want to go to a pro model, let them go to a pro model. Let them go to a pro model and then bring some of the other schools up out of the group of five. If they want to go to a pro model as well, and then leave the rest of college athletics to a college model, and then everything should be a little bit better, a little bit more competitive. I thought it was a fascinating, it was a brief conversation, but still the thought that, okay, What if you just had that distinction? You go to a pro model, this is what you do, and then the others go to this model. Because the one thing I like about college athletics, and it's changing, is it didn't have the pro model feel to it. That's why I like the NFL. It knows what it is, and it embraces it. Seriously, the NFL model, it knows what it is, and it's a pro model. And there's a lot of accountability. Injuries, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about, uh, we, we, we don't want to get into personal details on everything, but you know if someone is probable, you know if someone is questionable, you know if someone is likely, you know if these people are going to start or play, you have a better idea, it's a little bit more transparency, it was fantastic to hear some different opinions uh, when I was on the road this weekend. So uh, we're going to talk pro baseball in just a minute. Meyer League, still pro, with Eden Douglas. She's the marketing director for the Charleston Dirty Birds. So we're going to catch up with her. And, of course, we're going to get your text in, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That is all coming up on this edition of The Drive. It's ESPN 94.1 at AM 930.
0: This is the drive with Paul Swan on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. Welcome back to the
1: Wednesday, June twenty eighth edition. The drive on ESPN ninety four point one and AM nine thirty. I'm going to turn the program now over to my friend from the Charleston Dirty Birds, Eden Douglas. Hi, Ben. Been good. Things are going good. We are back in town.
2: Thank goodness.
1: I know you didn't personally get to travel, did you? Did you go on the trip? You just stayed home, right?
2: No, I stayed at home. Yeah. We were in Lexington this weekend, so not too far away, but we've got a six game, seven game stretch actually, this home stand. So and then we are home almost the entire month of July. So we're we're full force ahead right now.
1: How important is that for the team just to be able to sleep in their own beds, not have to worry about travel so much, try to get a win streak going, keep a win streak going, building momentum. You know, is, um, is this team poised for a push? And, and you also mentioned to me before we went on the air, you have a special guest with you to talk more about some of that.
2: Yeah, our play-by-play Pete Costigan is here, so I'm going to let him answer that question because he knows a little bit more about that
0: stuff. Hey, Paul, thanks for having me on. It's good um, to talk to you again. Absolutely. Dirty Birds are hot right now. We've won eight of our last ten. Yeah. Um, we're looking like a second half team right now. We got uh, Dwight Smith Jr. to the top 10 in OPS and the top 10 in OBP on base percentage. And Bobby Bradley is currently third in the Atlantic League with home runs. So we're playing better baseball. What do you attribute the turnaround? Is a team
1: getting better technically or getting better as a collective unit?
0: I think it's a combination of both. Um, I've seen a lot of the guys been hanging out on off days together and there's a bit of camaraderie in the clubhouse. And statistics wise as well, our numbers are going up uh, slowly, but surely. What do they
1: need to do to keep this hot streak going? Obviously, when's the answer, but what do they need to do to maintain that?
0: I'd say continue playing uh, good baseball from all facets of the game. Right now, we're pitching well, we're hitting well, we're fielding well. So if we keep that up, I think we can uh, we can be a really good a good team for the second half for sure.
2: And I think it's like the overall their overall demeanor in the in the dugout and in the clubhouse. Like you mentioned, like they're well. I think I, we talked about this last week. We got like one returner who had been here for two years, and it was like their entire attitude changed in the dugout, and we seen like a huge impact just from that one person, and I think that's only going to benefit, especially with um, the guys we already had and then the new guys that we have. So it's been like a 360 kind of with the guys on the field.
1: Is this a team that – and the league in general that needs – You have a lot of young talent. You have a lot of players trying to work their way back up. You're trying to work your way up for the first time. And then you have a lot of players that are are just playing because they want to continue their career. Their time is done in the pros, but they're still very good at baseball. And when I mean the pros, major league level. Do you need maybe one or two of those mentor-type players on your squad that can still contribute, still play, and are there for just the love of the game and to pay
0: it forward? Absolutely. I think that helps a lot. Uh, we got a lot of ex-MLB guys and guys who are experienced in the game of baseball and a lot of young guys as well. So I think those guys have been stepping up as leaders, trying to help those rookies get through their uh, first season in Pro Bowl, and I think think we have a good connection going on right now.
1: Obviously, second-half team is always a great thing, but what does this organization need to do to, to maybe translate in the future Make this team a first-half team as well.
2: Um, I mean, we had that hold up um, at the beginning of the season with our visa guys getting in uh, because they have to go through that whole process. So um, you're we were down half of our team at the beginning of the season, and finally, I mean, th- mid June, beginning of June is when they got here, and it takes a minute to adjust with the other guys who are already here, and then you obviously lose a couple guys. So it was kind of adjusting to a new team until those guys got here. So now that they're here, and it's not just us; it's all teams across the league, waiting until their Visa guys get here. We are playing Frederick, which is the newly renamed uh, Ghost Towns, and they just got their Visa guys as well, and they look like a new team. So um, it's league. It's all around. It is the entire league waiting on those guys to get here, and then they just have to gel, and it always hits in the second half. It's just better baseball, honestly.
1: Charleston Dirty Birds baseball back in the capital city. So I'll let either one of you go first as far as just – How exciting is it to know that you're going to be home for the most part and you don't have to venture far and you just sit back and – and watch great baseball, or make sure that fans can come in and just watch great baseball?
2: Yeah, so they're going to watch great baseball, but we have a lot of exciting things coming up. I mean, we're home all weekend, and the regatta is going on. So, tomorrow on Thursday, it is Dollar Beer Night, and it is a pre-gatta party. So, we are having a lot of fun here with Dollar Beers to kick off the Sternwheel Regatta in Charleston. On Friday night, we have a military replica jersey giveaway for the first 1,000 fans through the gate. And then we have on Saturday, we pushed our game up a little bit to 4.05 instead of Mm 6.35, and we're playing as the Charleston Wheelers since it is the regatta weekend, so that's pretty exciting. So we have a connection with them, and we're labeling it a pre-gatta party as well on Saturday, and we'll have dollar beers that night. We have a game on Sunday, and then on Monday will be our salute to service night and Independence Day celebration, and that's just this weekend. I mean, we got the whole month of July with a bunch of fun things like redneck night, pepperoni roll night. I mean, July is packed with fun stuff here.
1: Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. Outside of the current team name, Charleston Dirty Birds, that is your favorite. That is your favorite name, the current name. Is it safe to say Charleston Wheelers comes in second?
2: It's it's a great brand I'll say that the collars are awesome um, it might be a close second and I think it's a fan favorite but when we announced it there was a lot of people asking for the alleycats so I think the alley cats are more of a and the Charleston Charlies are more of a fan favorite than the wheelers are
1: okay I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue having these phone calls with you uh, based on your reaction to my response to that is. I hated the alley cats. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go out and, and be honest and, and forthright with you. I hated alley cats. Absolutely, you know,
2: it's not. Yeah, it's not my favorite either. The collars are basic. They're just red and black. So it's not a little. It's not fun. I mean, the dirty birds. We've got blue, orange, and yellow. And the wheelers. We've got blue and green. The charlies are gold. I mean, it's, <laughs> the alley cats kind of basic, but it's uh it's a pretty cool brand when you think about it, but it is definitely a fan
1: favorite. I don't get it. I, I would come to Charleston Alley Cat Games, and maybe it's because the mascot looked like his head was crushed. It was just a flat cat walking around. I don't know. Maybe it was that. I, I, I liked every single brand of Charleston baseball prior and forward except the alley cats. So that's just me. I don't want to get in trouble with anyone eating. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, we're not we're not playing as the alley cats. We are going to play we still play as the Charlies for some Thursdays and we are going to play for one night only as the Charleston Wheelers.
1: So what's been the most fun for you so far in this season promotions, things you're doing or you know, can you put it down to maybe one or two what's been the most fun for you?
2: Um gosh that's a tough one because we do so many fun things um I think my favorite thing promotion wise it's not like an overall but it's just a little on-field entertainment thing we do um the, we've got contestants who put on hard hats and there's a stick that is off the top of the hat and then there's a string that hangs down with a hot dog and they have to try to get the hot dog off of the string and that is just something that has become really fun here and very entertaining and that's probably one of my favorites Um, And then I'll say it hasn't happened yet, but Redneck Night is definitely going to be one of the best nights that we have here.
1: All right. I need details on this, just so I'm clear. Is this just a fan initiative, show up as your favorite redneck, you know— or what are you you doing that makes this special?
2: You can do that. You can show up as your favorite redneck, but we'll have some, everything on field will be redneck entertainment. Um, Our guys will be wearing camouflage jerseys. Uh, We'll have decor all over the ballpark. We'll have beer pong set up. We've got a truck that's going to have a redneck swimming pool, as we call it, with a tarp in the back of it. Um, And there's a couple other things that I'm keeping a secret uh, that we'll announce in the next week, but it'll be a really, really good night. All
1: right. I need to ask as well. And, Pete, jump in. Are you dressing up for Redneck Night?
0: You know what? I think
2: I will there, Paul. I'm going to
0: wear a cutoff camouflage shirt mm-hmm. and maybe some boots and some jeans, maybe a cowboy hat. I don't know. I haven't thought it out yet. But I'll, I'll be at the ballpark wearing something redneck.
1: I think you can get away with it. That's the fun thing about a, a baseball league like the Atlantic and the fact that, you know, minor league baseball has this history of just being fun and different. So I think as a, as a play-by-play announcer – this is the one time in your career where you could do that and pull it off, and nobody's going to question it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Paul. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all out for Red Night just
1: for you. <laughs> okay. Aiden, are you going out all out? Oh,
2: yeah. I'm the on-field, so I've got a cutoff, jean shorts, boots, hat. i got everything. I'm ready to go.
1: Line dancing, is that going to happen as well?
2: That's actually a really good idea for an on-field entertainment part. That's a good idea. <laughs>
1: That's what I'm here. That's what I'm here for. It'd be nice to actually get one of my ideas used finally, and that might be it—the line dancing.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that'll be good. Yeah, we're we're excited. I'm when we've done it in the past, it has been nothing but success, and everyone loves it. We're gonna put mullets on all of our players, and the visiting team will have some funny things up there. So just all around fun entertainment.
1: Aiden Douglas, always with us here from the Charleston Dirty Birds, and uh, it's uh, it's good to talk to you. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it on air. Uh, She had to remind me that today was Wednesday. I don't even remember what day it is. That's how a whirlwind of a week it's been for me. So I appreciate you reminding me that it was Wednesday, and so we wouldn't miss this. And I made some connections in the league office. I just want to let you know I met a couple people from the league office. I'm going to send the most. uh, How do you want me to do it? Because i got to talk you up to the league office. You know, I, how, do I,
2: how I want to do it.
1: Okay, anything <laughs> anything in particular that I need to just try to work into the conversation? I mean, do you want it to be just like basic matter-of-fact praise? Do you want it to be really high-level praise in between? Where do you <laughs> want it?
2: You definitely don't have to do that, but I appreciate that. But anything you want to say, and then just include that the Dirty Birds are by far your favorite Atlantic League team.
1: Okay. N- and not say. And Eden said, that, "No, not I won't do that." And Eden said that the Dirty Birds are my favorite. Al- no, okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. We'll we'll take that into consideration there. But uh, it, no, it was fantastic. I'm in a, um, I'm in an awards banquet on Saturday, and I'm, but before I realize it, I'm I'm sitting with uh, representatives from the Atlantic League at my table. Cause we'll just sit anywhere you want. And then before I could really say, "Hey, do you know Eden?" the presentation began, and so sorry, awesome. I didn't. I didn't get the on-the-spot name drop, but I will. I, I'm going to owe you that, so I'm going to get the name drop in because I've, I've, I, I've, I, I'm going to follow up and say, "Hey, oh, by the way, great meeting you." And I forgot to ask you, do you know my real good friend Eden Douglas? from the Charleston (laughs) Dirty Birds. Uh, She's fantastic. Sounds good to me. That's the email. Okay. All right. If you get a push on that, let me know.
2: I will. I will.
1: Eden Douglas. Pete, I I didn't mean to leave you out of that as well. You do a fantastic job. Um, Remind people where they can listen to the game. I think we should do that before, uh, you know, just, just be serious for a second. Remind people how... If they can't come to the game, which you want everybody to come to the game, how can they follow along the Dirty Birds so when they get a chance to come to the ballpark, they feel like they've been with you all along?
0: Yes, all of our games are on Flow Sports, uh, all home games this season, Um, and it's a great broadcast. It's produced by Birch, one of our close uh, producing companies, and... um, Yeah, Flow Sports, that's where you can find
1: us. And you'll link all that stuff as well to your social media accounts and the website, so anybody can just go search that and find it, right? Yes, sir. Good talking to you both. We'll do it again soon. And uh, next week, uh, I'm looking forward to talking about how the Dirty Birds are about ready to uh, continue on their historic run to win the second half and get into the postseason. Yeah,
2: we're looking forward to it, and we'll see you next week.
1: We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Charleston Dirty Birds in action, Capital City. And, of course, they're going to be the Charleston Wheeler. So get up there and get some of that swag. If you don't already have some in the back of your closet, go up and get some fresh Wheeler swag. we got more coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Welcome back to the Wednesday, June 28th edition. It's The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is open. It's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. that is the phone number to be a part of today's edition of the show. Coming up on Friday, we're going to get a chance to be a part of a media event with Morgan Zirkle and Zoom, Marshall University Athletic Director Christian Spears about uh, Morgan being uh, new to the program as far as a head coach, but definitely familiar. A lot of high praise for her so far. I was reading a little bit coming out of the newspaper. uh, Lots of high praise for her, so we're going to get a chance to uh, talk a little bit more about her and with her on Friday. I was talking about is this a good hire yesterday. I've been talking about you know, what do you think? Is this a a decision that is going to be beneficial for Marshall, or is this one you're going to look back on and go, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe we were a little bit more emotional? And for the most part, a lot of you are saying, look, she's ready. She's ready to be elevated. It's a perfect fit. She she ticks all the boxes. She comes in, and there's a lot of goodwill with the hire, and also she has a lot of passion for Marshall with the connections. And she's just ready. So we'll talk to her on Friday. Uh, I know there was an event. She's at a camp today. And there was a brief opportunity for a few questions uh, from the media. And, of course, that was going on and going on. I'm here. I couldn't attend that. So I will say this. Check out some of the coverage. I know um, you can see a little bit of it, at least uh, from the TV side of things. Uh, I know they were there covering this event today so if you're kind of curious about what's happening with Morgan Zirkle uh, some of the TV stations are going to have a few things we'll have more obviously on Friday so I just want to give them a quick shout out since I know that they're going to be um, definitely uh, bringing you some stuff from Hurricane She's at a camp and that is going to be uh, your maybe your first opportunity to hear what she has to say and we'll definitely get a deep dive on Friday All right, let me give you the text line again before we continue. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Let's see what I'm finding on Twitter. Uh, Twitter's been fun today, trying to catch up from the week. Marty Brenneman tweeted earlier, former voice, still voice, but just not active, of the Cincinnati Reds. Marty said in reply to a tweet from Marshall Baseball talking about the Herd Bricks program, Marty said, a wonderful and much needed addition to the herd's athletic program and long, long overdue. Obviously, it's long, long overdue as far as needing to be done. But I'm thankful it's being done now. Obviously, the Thundering Herd are putting it into basketball and baseball and football. All at the right time. I think there will be uh, some opportunities on the basketball side, especially at the women's program. Uh, with football, you have to admire what Coach Huff has been able to do, come in and try to transform the program, bring it up to a standard, which not to say the old way was wrong, but to try to bring it up to a standard in which he is experienced with his background and now baseball having a true home finally to play On campus in its own home. So lots of good things are happening here. So uh, there's some other things happening on Twitter today. And again, I was, um, you know, I'm trying to keep up with everything uh, since it's been a whirlwind for me these last few days. Uh, It's been a fun whirlwind, but I did not take my computer with me. It was a strange feeling not to have it. And I also did not look at my phone for the majority of the time I was gone. I know that's crazy, right? But I did it, and now I'm playing catch-up. Here's something Brett McMurphy put out there that I thought was interesting I was going to mention. He put out a list of schools. He called it Power 5 Saturday. He said four schools made the jump Power 5 Saturday, and schools that have joined new P5 conferences in past 12 years and number of winning records in league since joining current conference so you go down his list utah eight winning records in 12 years Pitt 5 and 10 tcu 5 in 11 years louisville 4 and 9 nebraska 5 and 12 poor nebraska nebraska used to be such a powerhouse football it was definitely the big red texas a&m texas a&m 3 and 11 missouri 2 and 11 Syracuse, which once used to be a strong football power in the East, one and ten. Colorado, one and twelve. And again, these are schools that have joined new P five conferences in past twelve years and the number of winning records in league play since joining that current conference, according to Brett McMurphy, who loves the numbers. Maryland and Rutgers, both zero winning records and nine seasons. The last one West Virginia, West Virginia, four and 11 seasons, four winning records in league play in 11 seasons, not exactly the jump that the West Virginia Mountaineer fans were hoping for when the Mountaineers joined the big 12. So that was interesting to me. I honestly thought it was a little bit better, but this is, again, this is league play. Not overall win and losses as far as record's concerned, but just league play. You want to be on the positive side of that. That's, that's the one thing I was happy with Marshall in its first year in the Sun Belt, that it was on the positive in league play. I thought that Marshall showed it could be very competitive in the Sun Belt. Needs to work on a few things, but Marshall could be very competitive in the Sun Belt and hopefully that Marshall will continue to be competitive in the Sun Belt and the football side. Basketball, I think there's potential there, but we're going to have to see. The transfer portal makes it hard. And Honestly, I'm curious to see how the transfer portal will differ between the sports in this upcoming year, how well that the coaches are learning it, mastering it, implementing it. Football, I'm okay with. Basketball, it's a new concept. The other sports, we're going to have to see how players come in and come out. Baseball, I guarantee you, there will be a lot of new faces on that team because you have something to recruit to now. Absolutely able to go out and recruit to a baseball park. Instead of, hey, here's a rendering. Have you ever imagined how Marshall was able to attract players to the university to play baseball with just renderings? Could you imagine going out? Hey. Why don't you come play baseball for the Thundering Herd? Where's your ballpark? It's right here on this. You see this artist's rendition? This is our field of dreams. And the dream was that that's the only place it existed in someone's dream until the reality of the construction being started and continuing. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Uh, I noticed that Marshall's pushing the herd bricks a little bit more. And as a side note, if you want season tickets for the first year of the new ballpark, Jack Cook Field, well, you're going to have to be part of the Herd Bricks. I'm just going to say that now. If you want season tickets, you're going to have to look into that program. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, actually. So that's something you might want to look into if you want to be a part of that the first season. I'm excited. I hope we see uh, sold-out crowds. I hope we see a lot of – A lot of home runs, a lot of fans getting opportunity to go to the ballpark, and maybe, just maybe, Marshall, put it together, can be one of those upper echelon Sunbelt baseball teams. I think there's so much potential, so much growth there. As we mentioned earlier, if you weren't with us, the College World Series numbers were phenomenal for ESPN. I think that's going to continue, and I think people are going to discover more and more about the College World Series, especially with the fact that you had a blowout and the numbers were still great. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. This is The Drive, your opportunity to talk sports local and more here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our final
1: segment is happening now. That means you still have a chance to be a part of it. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. starting to remember how to do this thing again, getting to the flow of it. We'll be ready to go Thursday. We're ready to go now, but we're going to be even more ready to go. We're going to go back look at the film after this one. We're going to get into the uh, the critique room. We're going to run back the successful plays. One of those work, we're going to run back where we uh, where we fell short, try to tweak that up, come back out. We'll be ready to go again tomorrow. I'll dive into it more tomorrow for sure, but we're probably going to be talking about this for a few days, but there are some proposed NCAA Division 1 rule changes i don't know if you're aware of this but there could be some rule changes happening and some of them might be good some of them might be bad but the ncaa council has some recognition and one thing as well i'll just start out with this and i'll work our way back to it but there would be maybe some restrictions or some protection trying to limit the number of institutions jumping from the fcs to the fbs so Part of the problem is more and more institutions are jumping up wanting to take a piece of that action and the NCAA is thinking maybe that's not necessarily a good idea for, honestly, the health of the game. So here are some of the things that have come out. NCAA making these uh, proposals for new rules, which would possibly bring some significant changes to the transfer portal duration and membership requirements. So what's going to happen is uh, these proposals are going to undergo uh, the consideration about the Division I membership and advisory committees. Potentially in October could be voted on. If this is passed, and here's a big one right here, if passed, the transfer portal window for players to submit their names will be reduced from 45 days to 30 days. The first window may be further reduced to 15 days, while the second window will remain unchanged. Could you imagine? Are you in or out? You got to make that decision now. You you can't just sit and play with that. I think that's a good change. This should not be an expressway open all times. You should have the opportunity, but you need to be sure. You need to be sure that you're wanting to do this. And so I think that's a good suggestion, limit this instead of just having this free for all. On the reverse side, a lot of people might say, "Hey, look, they want to go, they should have the opportunity to go anytime. I get that. But if you've made a commitment, you've made a commitment, there needs to be a timely transaction between you wanting to no longer be a part of the program that you're with and you want to put yourself out there to look for another program. There should be some protections in place for not only the student, obviously, but for the institution. Shouldn't you just be able to just get up and go and say, all right, I'm good, I'm out. There should be a structure to this, and there should be some timely decisions made here. I'm good with that. Also, here's the deal. Division I Council considering guardrails to limit FCS to FBS transitions, increasing the one-time fee from $5,000 to $5 million to prioritize institutional support over fan support. So... You want to make this commitment? You want to go Division One? Well, you better be able to afford it. You better be able to have some financial commitment from the institution. 5000000 million. We're going to make that jump. $5 million. It's like a franchise fee. That might limit a lot of institutions from just deciding, okay, we're going to make that jump. Also, there could be some additional requirements for FBS schools and schools transitioning to FBS, which... Could take effect August 1st, 2027. That includes funding 90% of allowable scholarships in at least 16 sports. 90%. You have to have that requirement 90% of allowable scholarships, 16 sports, offering at least 210 total scholarships and 6 million in scholarships across all sports, and eliminating attendance requirements. Okay? Number of schools transitioning to FBS has grown, prompting this. So this has led to what was described in the report I was reading from CBS Sports to increase scrutiny of fan interest, increased scrutiny on fan interest. In 2022, 13 FBS institutions fell short of the 15,000 attendance threshold. I say if you can't meet that threshold, relegation. The one thing that I dig about soccer, even though I was explaining to Ryan Serk, who used to intern with us. He was on the 2020 National Championship game team. He said that, you know, the uh, uh, MLS should have relegation in America. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen because then you're not going to have owners in the country want to be a part of this if they're in cities. Because if there's a chance that their team is relegated, that's going to kill. That's going to kill those teams. In college, however, if you aren't generating the fan support at the highest level, then maybe you're at the wrong level. Think about that. There's some other issues. We're going to get into some of that. I I really think, um, think there's some good stuff here. We'll talk about more of it tomorrow. And we will, of course... Get your text in as well. We'll do that. And if you want to be a part of the program or just talk to me, I'm on Twitter, at PaulSwan. Throw me a follow if you would. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for being a part of it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, have a great night, everyone.
0: Pittsburgh Pirates Baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.